Attack left lane. No. Attack the Gold Fury. Group up. Oh, you're fuzzy woozy. Let's not hurt them too bad. Let's make them scream! A monument to my opulence. Split push! Howdy folks, Dirtnap's dad here. Welcome to episode 22 of Split Push. It's a Smite podcast from the console perspective. For the most part, we bring in some other perspectives from time to time, and occasionally some of us even stray over to PC or Xbox uh, there as well, away from the PS4 side. Along with me here today is my buddy Yuki. You guys will have now been listening to us for like 45 hours. I apologize. <laughs> then we got the guy. What's up, everybody? You already heard her giggling. It's Beagle Girl. Sup? Oh, so motivating. <laughs> wow, I just said sup. <laughs> and we got Top Damage Dan. Should, should, should I be motivated or not? Hold on, hold on. Sup? <laughs> What's up, everybody? And we got our special guest this week. It is none other than not the second best, but the best taco. Flatter for the introduction. Thanks a lot, Dirt Naps. And uh, happy to be here with you guys today. Hell yeah. So excited to have you. So, in case there are some out there that, you know, pay attention to Smite, but, you know, don't know who you are, which would be odd, but I don't know. Why don't you tell us a, a little bit about yourself, a little bit, you know, you know, kind of a little bit of history, how you got into Smite and, and what you're doing with it these days. Uh, funnily enough, I actually got involved with the game uh, back during the alpha stage, although I didn't really play it as seriously back then. Just a couple of friends at the time introduced it to me uh, during school and it kind of just stuck with me. I, I just really enjoyed the FPS aspects combined along with the concepts of a MOBA and that kind of just encouraged me to, to keep playing. And eventually one day I found myself actually semi-striving to want to go towards uh, the competitive side of things. Um, at one point, actually way back in the day, Kiki and I used to be on a team together, but that didn't really stick around for long. I, I didn't really have uh, the time investment that I needed back then. So I ended up just falling back for a little bit. And then as time went on, I got to learn what Twitch was all about and decided I wanted to start streaming. And after some time, I managed to build up enough of uh, following that Team Dignitas was willing to give me a shot at joining their stream team for Smite. And things kind of just escalated from there. I went from Dignitas to later on Luminosity. And that eventually funneled into a job opportunity with Hi-Rez, and I'm still currently doing the casting stuff, as I'm sure you guys are probably aware of, and it's been a pretty fun ride. That's, that's awesome. Just living the dream, ain't it? Team Dig. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm, it's definitely dude. the dream. SPL happened today for Dig, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> SPL was a pretty fun time for Dignitas. I mean, I don't have to worry about that so much anymore. I, I, I kind of just get the fun of enjoying all the matches. Oh, they were great. <laughs> I, I saw that that hype play Emilzy uh, posted on uh, Twitter, and 
he's one of my favorites. You know, I, I used to you know follow him when he was on Bay, and then he switched over to NRG. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Obey, but I kind of liked you because I liked the Mulesy. I, I kind of like NRG now, and and that was just, he plays the he plays Sylvanas. You know, Sylvanas was my actually my first love of a character in in Smite, so I always got a special place for for anybody that plays him in, in the in the SBL there. Oh, Milzy was also just like out of his mind. That that blade play into the T2 tower where he got the perfect body block. I, I could feel the frustration yes. and rage from Cubo's PC just like <laughs> leaking through his screen. <laughs> yeah, it, it is it when you feel those moments those are those are the special ones cuz yeah, there is always there's something palpable there. All right, folks, let's go ahead here and get into some games of the week. Uh, just a quick preamble, though, real quick. Uh, Taco's time was limited tonight, so she is not with us here for this part, but she will hop back in uh, towards the end of our discussion for this week and be in for the session of progression and the community section here. So I'm going to kick some things off here with some games that I had this week. And the first one, uh, this was uh, the four of us less, uh, for five of us less Beagle and insert Yuri. Uh, we were playing some Conquest here. Well, this is about four days ago now. And Yuki and I were in the duo lane. He was Kepri and I was Soul. And this is a real funny game because it basically, in the beginning, we were doing really well. But for whatever reason... Every single time in the beginning of the game, he got the last hit on the enemy gods and got the kill. And we were having quite the laugh with it. But as the game progressed on, you know, I finally started, you know, just getting the kills myself, not leaving them at a hair and letting uh, Slap Happy claw, Claws over there get them. And ended that game at 7-2 and 18 in a 34-minute victory. Um... Uh, had a lot of fun. I've been playing Soul a lot more lately. Definitely having fun with her. Been taking her into different lanes as well. It's one thing I like about her. She can basically go down all three lanes uh, pretty easy. The other thing I've been starting to work on uh, here is Baron support. And the first game I played him in support, I went 2-5 and 22. And... This again, this again was minus Beagle and insert Yuri. Uh, Dan was playing um, Chernabog Jungle. And we, him and I were pushing up right lane. or We were over in the right lane area and I was backing off and I was going to go meet up with everybody else. I don't know if they were mid lane or, or, or shifting over to the far side. And he was going to just stay behind and split push. There was only one person over in that area, and it was someone that he could handle, and they were already hurt. I forget offhand who it was for their bunch. I think it might have been their Camazots. And right as I turned and went into the jungle out of the corner of my eye, I caught Izzy from their team using her three to go back behind me towards Dan. And I'm like, oh no, like, shoot, that's not good. And I turned around and was able to get off this perfect alt that just sucked the both of them in off of Dan, allowing him to take control of the fight, and pop, pop, one, two, there they went, and, well, 
then we were able to just go ahead and take that Phoenix. And that was pretty much right there at the end of the game. We were all, all kind of met up there back at Titans. A lot, a lot of fun times with that. And, and, uh, and then there was another game that Dan Beagle and I played a joust match. And this was a, against an Achilles, a Nice, and a Changa. And I was Bacchus. Dan was Alpwash and Beagle was Uller. And the beginning of that game, it was kind of rough. But it was one of those things where I'm like, guys, we're kind of late game. Let's just, you know, take a chill pill, relax, and just kind of ease our way into this. And and next thing you know, it was just like, we're shoving it down their throats. And it was just like, oh yeah, there, there's a turning point. We don't need to look back anymore. Let's just go. Bam, bam, boop, boop, boom. There we went uh, right down in. Uh, but the games or games I would kind of like to talk about last year is I've been working on my Kumba support. He's a god that I'm generally pretty decent with. Still figuring some things out, that's for sure. Uh, especially as we're getting uh, you know better and better at the game and getting against harder and, and harder opponents. You, you get you reach new plateaus, that's for sure. But one thing I like about when I'm playing Kumba, and this is especially with uh, Dan and Beagle as carry behind me because we played so much together, they know my tendencies and how I like to set people up with my alt for them to kill. And there was so many times over the last few days where I'm just like, oh yeah, here's a boop, boop, throw them up, and... When they're coming down, I see my carry just, you know, is all there with, you know, with bells on their toes, ready to go. Just, you know, I remember Beagle had an alt, uh, is Izzy coming up right at the landing spot, you know, and just bam, you know, and, and finished him off. Uh, you know, it was just real good times. I've been having a lot of fun with him, but I also got my ass handed to me a few times. Uh, so, you know, really been enjoying him. I really like him, you know, he's just, he brings such good crowd control to the table and that can do some fun and amazing things and it can really turn some fights around. I really had a lot of fun, uh, you know, with him there. So that's all I got for this week, you know, uh, so, hey, Yuki, how about yourself? Well, I've been playing a lot of uh, Athena and any role we can get away with it. We tried to lock in yesterday. Uh, me as Athena in the jungle. Uh, we got recued by what we assume was something going on with the network. But I love Athena. I uh, I play her really well in solo. I just kind of like it's things are going bad. I'm like, hey guys, you want me to ult? Yeah, I'm ulting. I'm coming in and just turn around and boop somebody on the head, turn things around, or just being there to stop a gank and then you know uh, just teleport back to my lane and continue what I was doing. Uh, I, w I can highly recommend that you not accidentally level the wrong ability because her one is her main wave clear when you're playing in solo. And when you accidentally level her taunt twice, um, <laughs> it, it, it slows you down. I was like, why is this in Matarasu utterly out clearing me? And I was like, oh, wrong ability. Gotcha. But she's fun. I've been uh, badgering Dan a lot about Chernabog in the jungle. Uh, there's kinks to be worked out there, but... It's just a lot of fun to have a Chernabog jungle and Athena solo so that, you know, it's not that Chernabog is missing from lane. It is suddenly the jungler shows up from anywhere on the field. Uh, some really, really fucking awesome plays. He ulted into solo once 
start kicking someone someone's ass their jungler shows up i teleported with athena's ult onto him even though he was like you know 10 feet away from me and got walked away with that double kill it's so good so much fun uh yeah, you definitely had some really good athena ults yeah. lately and mm-hmm. and i can say uh i i've made everyone here on the podcast promise to never let me play mid i love mages they're my favorite class but jesus am i bad in mid lane i'm i just I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's just it's a rough spot because you just <laughs> don't know where anybody's ever coming from. Ugh, I don't care. Yeah, we had games this week where like we're well warded in the middle, and they're coming at us from behind and through our our tower. It's like what the hell? Yeah, but that's part of us moving up in the. Uh, I mean, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording here that uh, we definitely. We we're all decide we're just going to make an effort to play more conquest, and we have. In fact, we've almost exclusively been playing conquest, and uh, we shot up really quick just on our base skill and knowledge of the game, and we're starting to hit that that first plateau of now we have new things to learn and new things to work on that weren't an issue before, and it's going to take some time. There's a lot of up and down right now. Uh, it's kind of frustrating, but we'll figure it out and get going. Move up some more. All right. Dan, how about your games of the week? Well, I don't have too much this week. Um, been getting my ass stomped a lot. Bad positioning on on the team side and my side, and yeah, it's been fun. But uh, I did have a pretty good game as Soul the other day. Although I have to attest to the idiot that tried to play Loki ADC. Um, <laughs> that's probably his fault. Loki doesn't play ADC unless the other person you're laning against is brain dead because Loki doesn't clear the wave for the first two or three levels. So you can basically steal their entire jungle, clear your lane, and kill the Loki on cooldown like the whole time unless he just stands under tower, at which point he doesn't get creep experience. I ended that game 8-1-15 as Soul Carry with a Thor support from my man Dicey Victory. Shout out to him for sure. Uh, Glad to be playing with him again. We had a pretty pretty good Daji on our team. She had some flaws too, but everyone does. Um, Been playing Sasano a lot. I like him in the jungle. He's very mobile. He can do a lot of crazy shit at no health and get out anyway. Um, He has a lot of control over the battlefield, I think, with his 2 and his 3 and his uh, dash on his 1 and the AoE on the 1. And his tornado is a truckload of damage with a knockup, which is pretty helpful in most team fights. Um, oh, I played. I've been playing. Oh, I don't even know if I want to talk about it, but I've been playing Uller again, and uh, I play on console, so my life sucks. And Uller's ten times harder than he should be. Um, but I did end up meeting a pretty cool dude. Uh, shout out to Sandy Man five six eight nine. He's a believe diamond two in conquest and he was giving me some hot tips and he was playing really well i think he went like 24 and 7 that game or something he was he was crazy and that again was versus a loki carry so of course we won because he offers nothing to the team um other than maybe a one shot on one character uh Anytime I'm stuck in the solo lane, I play Erlong Shen because there's no point in playing anyone else right now. I've uh, been playing that Kernabog jungle. It's been either really fun or really bad. Just depends how good the enemy jungler is, really. 
because if they're smart, they'll just kill me and take all my clear. Um, I had a pretty good game as Baron support. I went five, four, and five in a twenty-seven minute match. It was, uh, or I'm sorry, that was a solo game, a Baron solo game, and I was against an Anubis who was uh, really bad with his ult. And I, again, attest that to it being console, because it's a lot easier to aim with a mouse. But uh, if you just kind of move back and forth, he missed most of it, if not all of it, pretty much. That was a pretty wacky uh, game. Yeah, it was a pretty wacky game, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I had a pretty good game of Thanatos, where I went 17-4-9, but it was... Uh, I don't really remember too much about it. I just remember their rat kept running at me early game and giving me free kills in the beginning. So that's pretty much why I got so ahead. And, you know, once Thanatos is ahead, he gets free run of the map for a little bit. But then he falls off and becomes a normal jungler again. So, yeah, that's about all I got right now. Well, how about you, Guy? Well, <clears throat> I've been playing a lot of mid this week. Pretty much with all you guys every night. Um i'm enjoying it i'm having a good time even most of the games we lose i still have a pretty good time games i really want to talk about was last night though the first one i i was played opwash four games last night and i believe i went 33 and 5 combined on those four games nice i think we won all those games oh no we lost one of those games but uh man i'm just Doing my thing, still dominating with off wash in the mid lane. I'm telling you, if you see me, just go find a new lane. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Just let me have the towers. Dude, what I love about when you play off wash is your rotation still. Because it's just like, I just see this, you prancing out of the jungle. And I'm just like, oh, this guy has no idea what's about to hit him. Right. And all you can think in your head is, because the way Opwatch slowly runs across the field. God, he's so slow. Yeah. That's why I like to put yeah. that shaman's ring on him. It just, it just surprises mm-hmm. people. All of a sudden, there's a fast Opwatch, and he's on top of you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, just playing a lot of mid. Been kind of battling a uh, cracked tooth this week. I got it fixed, so I'm Oof. high on pain pills right now. <laughs> so, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> Sure, that's you know that's about it for me I don't really remember too many of my games they're all just a blur yeah I know when you play a lot of games it, it you do lose some of the good moments they're great yeah. when they happen but then you know if you don't make a note of it it can easily be yeah. lost in the yeah. blur we did have an off wash game last night Dicey me and Dirt or Dan and I went 16-2 and 18 in that game and it was just a god we stopped them I believe Dicey and oh, I was Dicey and the Raw were in <laughs> Duo Lane. And, <laughs> don't pick Raw support. Oh please. my God! Please don't. <laughs> it's just not good. Dude, I don't remember. I don't remember what game it was. I just know that most of us were in it. But we were under Phoenix for like twenty minutes, and the enemy team nearly lost the game like two times. We just couldn't quite get the kills we needed. Do y'all remember that? Uh, they ended up winning with all th- with all three of our phoenixes down. They beat us. I do remember. But we were that. in mid phoenix for like twenty minutes. They got like two fire giants in the meantime. I really can't. I can't remember. remember the, I do remember the game you're talking I feel like, about. I feel like that happened a couple times over the last week or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just couldn't figure out a way to finish it. That was the one with the ISIS, wasn't it? Um, yeah, was it with mm-hmm. the ISIS? Okay, so that was that was 
if if that's that was Dicey, Imino, me, oh, I wasn't Dan, and then Nem. No, because I would remember. But, uh, me but I remember the I remember the ISIS was just driving us nuts. Heck yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah, I mean, we've been learning to defend a lot better. Like we've been learning to put our defensive wards down when it comes down to it. We've been doing a lot of things better. We just we still got a lot of way, long ways to go. Me, me, and Dan swat each other on the back of the head like cats from time to time. It's just easy to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's easy to get frustrated when they're just bearing down on you nonstop. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes we need to learn not to play so aggressive when we shouldn't. I'm a real aggressive oh. player, so I have a hard time not playing aggressively. <laughs> it's just in me to go out there and play aggressive. So, well, we'll get a little bit more into that in a moment here. But before we do, Beal, what are your thoughts for uh, plays of the week here? Well, actually, I have a couple. First one we just played, and it was everybody. Oh wait, no, 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 no. This one was me, Dad, Dan, Yuri, and her. We, I was playing Soul in mid lane, and we had, Herg was playing, uh, Kuzumbo Jungle, which he did an awesome job. Yeah, high, high five to your son there. Yeah, he's been teaching yeah, me the Kuzumbo Jungle ways. I went 9 oh, 0 12, and this Agni, this poor Agni on the other team, just, he was almost never in lane. Like, every time I'd go to get my red, he'd push up to mid his minions to mid and then he would just be gone like he just couldn't stick around because he'd come out and push him i'd alt him in the direction he tried to run and and it was very sad to watch but also hilarious <laughs> yeah and you were worried you're like oh no an agony yeah well usually i get stomped by agnes all right all right then, <laughs> all right <laughs> And another really good game I wanted to talk about was three days ago, we were playing Conquest, and we had Dicey. It was me, Dan, Dad, Yuri, and Dicey. And I was Izanami, and Dicey was Support Baron. And, oh my god, that poor me and that poor chalk. <laughs> I mean, we were just destroying them, like... I don't even remember, like, I don't remember much, because it was a couple days ago, but I remember, you know, he would alt, and when he got him, and when he was almost, ah, can't English, I can't English, and then I would alt him right as they get pulled, and it was just disgusting. It was disgusting. I was critting for so much, and my life steal was just crazy. <laughs> And I went 10, 11, and 23. I died a lot towards the end of the game because of that Thanatos and Discordia. So, yeah. And I think I have one more. Yeah. The first time I built um, the Hastened Ring on Soul three days ago in a Conquest. Holy crap. Oh my god, I murdered people. This one was just me, Dan, and Dad, and two randoms. And holy crap. Again, I was... Wait, was I carrier? Yeah, I was mid. Yeah. And it's it was just not okay. That's all I have to say. And ever since then, that ring is like my favorite thing to build on him. 
I don't really remember much of the game, though, but I went 11, 4, and 8, so that's really all I got. Cool. All right. So, this week, our topic for discussion is, well, you kind of already got the little preview with our games of the week there, but we're going to talk about getting better at Conquest. And... Because we've been learning a lot, you know, as, as we got in here and, and started playing and started kind of coming together as a team, you know, not just the five of us. I mean, there's been, you know, we've been playing with Yuri a lot. Dicey's been back in, in the rotation. We've seen some Imino uh, in there, too. Uh, the Doctor's played a few games and, and just a few, you know, other people getting sprinkled in. Sometimes, you know, we don't even have a full group and we're playing with, a, you know, a few randoms or so. But... Yeah, we haven't even shied away before, you know, even when we first kind of got back in, it was like, well, we're only playing Conquest if there's five of us. All right. That, you know, that's kind of how we dipped our toes in the water. But once we got comfortable, it was like, all right, we don't really care anymore. But I'm still not comfortable. I'm just forced. <laughs> they hold a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that, that's what Dirtnap's mom's here for. You know, make sure he's up there doing what he's supposed to be doing. But, you know, as we've gotten better... As Yuki said, it's been a little bit, little bit more frustrating lately because we've been put, being put up against better and better teams, and especially when we're, you know, queuing as a team, we're being put up against better teams of players as well. So sometimes a lot better. Yeah, well, there was there was a time there where we thought matchmaking was like completely broken when we were playing against people that had like you know Smite Guru Elo of you know a thousand to fifteen hundred better than us. Like, yeah, okay, that was kind of obvious in game, but, you know, uh, even in one of those games, I, I had a moment where this niece was just, she was shitting all over my Chablanque, and I was with a random, and I'm just like, ah, you know, but I, 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 I you know, just kind of paid attention to what she was doing, and, and I got a kill in on her. I got my one kill before that game was over. <laughs> That's all I could could have hoped for, but, you know, uh, so anyway... You know, the one thing that, you know, I'm going to kind of get us started off with is boards win games. I, I mean, in my opinion, they do. There's been so many times where, you know, we have made great plays just because we knew who was standing around the corner. You know, and especially on the defense, throwing wards on the other side of the big walls, you know, in between the Phoenixes where they can just shoot up and down that lane, having those two little mid spots laying there. So, you know, when they're shifting from one Phoenix to another or when, you know, I, at one time the Thanatos was standing on the other side of the wall. I think Dan talked about that last week or the week before and, and he was wrong. And he's like, hey, if you're just going to stand there, you know, I can just, you know, blow you up right from here. And it's like, all right, there we go. Again, because there was a ward place there. There's been many times over the last two weeks where I've run out the lane with wards. And I'm like, all right, my wards are down, but I, I need to clear up my lane first, and then I'll put the wards down. And I died as I was clearing up my lane because their enemy jungler came through, and I had no idea, you know. So again, just drop the wards. You know, even if it means losing a little bit of you know momentum on where the minions are at in lane, it's still more important to at least get that defensive side ward out there on your side. You know, so that you know that, hey, shit's about to hit the fan. Let me get back under tower and find some relative safety back there. But I think uh, Yuki's got some some good thoughts here that he needs to share. I got a couple. Uh, one, this is this is a a trick that you know I've seen and heard about and have started remembering to use a little more. 
Um, if you're in a jungle or if you're a mid kind of looking to go into a lane, another lane and, and gank, sometimes uh, ward checking, and by that I mean like walk over where you think a ward might be or where typically wards are placed and see if you can get the other guy to respond or see if you can see the jungler change in directions. You know, like a solo laner, you go over there by his blue buff or a ward is a lot of times. You kind of just wiggle around a little bit and they'll kind of do what they're doing with the wave and, and then look at you or throw an ability at you. Um, and that goes in reverse as well. Like if you have a ward up and someone's just hanging out, don't necessarily throw abilities over the wall or something at them. Like them to think they're going to go in and surprise you and you know they're coming can make for some really good plays. Like, you know, and a Wheelix jumps over the wall straight into a Medusa ult because you were just waiting for her. And, and wards definitely, you know, more generally. Uh, even as a hunter, you should buy a couple of wards. I've been messing around with when we have like a team of five and we're all warding pretty well of, you know, if my support puts the two wards that, you know, reveal the lanes coming into dual lane, I'll stick wards further out into the jungle just so we can see a little more movement going around, which is really helpful. That makes a lot of sense there. You can actually, I just, even from some games where we played tonight, I seen that where it was like, oh yeah, you know, there was a, a Fenrir that just kept dicking around in our jungle. And I'm like, I know he's there, but you know, but I ain't going to go mess with that, you know? And you know, there's times where, yeah, you know, I see, um, guy was rotating over and he's like, Oh, they got wards up. They just backed off as soon as I got to here. So, you know, it's like, all right, you know, then, uh, what, what I was trying or what we talked about doing was, you know, the, you know, that was over in the duel and it was, all right, let the carry grab a, a sentry, you know, and we'll try to clear them out on them or, or at least keep par on when they're putting them up and stuff like that and try to, you know, adjust our rotation so that, you know, we can take advantage of them being blind in between or taking out, you know, their ward and then having that opportunity there. Yep. And having those wards there, you know, you see them, you can call over to mid from duo or mid from solo and set up a jungle gank because they're not expecting you to show right. up suddenly while they're trying to clear one clear a buff. You know, wards last three minutes, so it's good practice to know how long they last and when they're about to expire and try to get fresh ones up before they expire. What about you, Dan? I know you've been uh, watching a lot of people uh, play, you know, on, on the streams and the YouTubes and stuff like that and trying to adjust into your games here. And I know you've uh, been coaching us pretty hard here. So what, what are some big things that, that you think are important here? I think two of the most important things that nobody has um, is map awareness. Al, sorry, I'm just going to restart. Hold on. I had to. I have to shift. <laughs> you got a shit what i have to shift He's gonna drop that base i gotta drop the base hold on um okay <laughs> all right i think two of the most important things that nobody seems to have at this elo is map awareness and awareness of your team composition that's a um, big one the the main thing with map awareness is you don't necessarily need wards if you have good map awareness. Oh, I just looked at my mini map and the mid laner went to the left. He's more than likely going for his red buff. Is he in a position to gank me? Am I pushed up pretty far right now? Oh, I am. I'll just back up a little bit so he's discouraged from doing that. And now he goes back to mid lane like a good little mid laner. 
Or <laughs> if he does come over, I'm expecting it and I'm ready for it. Um, or I can call out to the duo lane if they're not paying attention. Hey, the mid laner just went left. And I will do that from any position on the map. If I see anybody going anyway, I will call it out when I see it. Yeah, if been, I feel that it's pertinent, if I see been, my uh, teams pushed up, I'll be like, get the fuck out of there. Opwash just went left, you know, whatever. Um, and then the other thing is team comp awareness. Like, um, if your team comp has specific characters, like, uh, if you, right now the whole meta is AA gods because fuck, why not? Berserker shield, fucking golden blade, dumb shit. <clears throat> Um, you know, uh, counter building the enemy teams, team comp, all those things are going to make your team better. If you're a guardian and you don't have shoguns, you're retarded. If the enemy team doesn't have a shoguns and you don't have a witchblade, you're not counter building them enough. You know, like things like that will win you the game and you won't even realize it because it's a passive effect that gives you that advantage. But nothing. Nothing in the world screws a team comp more than counterbuilding them when they don't counterbuild you. Um, of course, other than just outplaying them completely, but let's be fair, that's not always possible. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with that. That definitely um, paying attention to what the other team's building, paying attention to the comps, you know, huge, huge things. And something I know when I first started playing, I didn't do a lot. And, you know, as I started getting better, it was because I started doing things like that and paying attention to what they're building and, and so forth. So, I, again, yeah, I really, really agree with that part of, of things there. Um, Dan is constantly, well, Dan and Yuki are, are constantly schooling me on my positioning. It's something I'm. <laughs> Don't ever let their not dad play carry for you. <laughs> well, it's because I, I have an aggressive style as carry and. Dan and Yuki are more conservative supports, and I'm not. I gotta make adjustments to that. <laughs> Meaning, I don't like to die. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily that we're you know conservative with supports. I think a lot of it is, hey, uh, Dirt Nap's dad, don't 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 stand at the at behind their archers, guy. They're going to attack you. Now the whole wave is attacking you. You are dead. Have a good one. <laughs> My favorite one is, Dad, don't leave your tower. They're coming. Leaves tower, dies. What the <laughs> fuck? I told you not to leave your tower. Well, it was only like an inch in front. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you're going I love back you, to Dad, that Medusa but no. And I Which had one? minimap awareness. That happens more that often than you realize. I watched 20 times, and there was nobody on the map. There was wards out. My team was in the jungle beside me, and I'm like out in front. I clear the wave. I see their... their um, Oh, Freya come out and I immediately dash back and all I hear is run, run, run. And I'm at, I know there's an Erlang coming at me because I hear the weasel. And I know I'm about to get pinned and die. So I turned around and alted. And I almost had the, all of them there that were trying to gank me. But Erlang made the perfect adjustment w with his play. And going into his, his alt, which allowed him to sidestep mine and then soon as my CC immunity was down, I was taunted and then, then dead. But, you know. No, there's, there's a lot more instances you, where you, it's like, you, oh, yeah. you, you need to play defensively. 
goes out, tries to kill Wave, and dies. Like, no, defensively, like, (laughs) under the tower. (laughs) And uh, all of us are guilty of it, but it's like, when I say under tower, I literally mean stand in the tower, wait for the Wave to get there, and then clear it. Now, if they start holding the Wave, then you're fucked and you gotta go out and clear it. But if they don't hold the Wave and they quick clear it, you're not gonna lose any XP. You might lose some gold if you don't last hit, but that's it. And if you're already behind in wave clear and stuff, doesn't matter because if you can't clear the wave, they're just going to kill you once they clear the wave. The real problem that I've been experiencing with this is that it's we're either shoving it down their throat or having it shoved down ours. There's been like no middle ground. There's been no just like this is a good on par fight that I can really learn positioning. I'm either kicking their ass or getting my ass kicked. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, yeah, and that's that's just when you need to learn how to play either aggressive or just sit back underneath your tower pretty much and farm up as much as you can, go get what you can out of the jungle, come back and farm up underneath the tower. And there's not a lot you can do but try to catch back up. Yeah. And um I, I'll just say I've been watching obviously like that said, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of pro players, a lot of high end streamers, and the game is completely different. So it is hard to judge what you should be doing, no matter what you're thinking, because at your ELO, it's probably different. Right. You have to yeah. learn your ELO specifically, basically. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. go into a game and they ain't going to be doing what the pros are doing, because we're not capable of doing that. No, not even close. I mean, it's no. a whole different level of play. And I think I have been struggling with that, because I, like today, specifically, I was playing carry. And I'm trying to stay in my lane and farm. And I'm trying to stay in my lane and farm. But it seems like I'm always getting, oh, well, my whole team just died because a 4v4 went terribly. Okay. Well, now I have to leave completely, miss all this farm, and I'm alive sitting here doing nothing with my thumb up my ass. And then I die because I'm either trying to get back to base or back in and they catch me. And it's like, well, what do I do? Because whenever I watch anybody that's good at the game, uh, <laughs> I jest, I jest. Um, but, you know, when I watch the people I watch on YouTube and they're carry, it's, it's they're in the carry lane with the enemy carry and they're fighting for farm and that's it. And then the other four are fighting uh, over objectives, over towers. And it's like, okay, we need our hunter. Okay. The hunter goes, does what he needs to do and goes back to farm. But in our games, that's really not possible for us to do, I don't think, because we end up losing the 4v4s a lot because we're expecting the damage from our hunter, and I'm trying to farm instead. It, it's really a matter if you have to learn your teams, uh, you have to learn who you're playing with as you're playing with them. Yeah, and a few other yeah. things, like don't chase kills through the jungle. Oh, it's yes. easier just to do objectives. Just handle your objectives. They like to say do the stuff after the stuff. That's what you need to do. Handle your mm-hmm. objectives. Don't chase a guy for three or four minutes through the jungle, the entire team. Just Actually, I have a really funny story about that that I just thought of. <laughs> I uh, even chase last one night, for 10 seconds. I, last night, I played a game as Osiris. And I think it was the last game of the night. And they were pretty much kicking our ass. But... At the end of the game, 
I was really online. I had Burr Shield, Glad Shield, like all the dumb shit. Um, <laughs> and this, oh, I forget, it was the Cabracken who was actually their carry this game, who was playing really well, to be fair. He had a lot of kills and he was hitting like a truck. And, you know, we were all level 20 full build. So, of course, he was hitting like a truck. Ow. Like two shots, everybody. And I barely escaped a 1v2 on the right Phoenix while my team took mid Phoenix. And I kited him the whole way from right Phoenix to Gold Fury by just hitting him with my 1-2 combo and hitting three and just continuing to run away. And he would follow me and follow me and follow me. But he never caught up because my 1-2 combo is a super slow. And even if he used his 1, I was pretty fast because I was Osiris. And I had a good build going. Um, so we actually ended up winning the game because his damage was missing from the team fight. Yeah, because sure I literally did. just drug him the whole way from right Phoenix I'm to Gold Fury. I'm pretty sure we stomped him guys to death last night. That was, that was when I was like 16-2. and two. Was it? You were twelve. I felt okay. Maybe it was just me. I kept getting one shot a lot in that match by the Kabrakens. Twelve and six. Yeah, we stopped them. Yeah, it was just me getting shit on a lot. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, being that distraction can be a good thing. There's been games where I've died a lot, but I've pulled their whole team away from the objectives, and you know, my team's just like, all right, yeah, go do that, you know, and. You know, it, it can work, I, and that's something I've done. I've always been willing to do in my gaming career, even going back to the WoW days. You know, I, I would you know go back into Warsaw and Gulch. I'd run back and engage the enemy team, jumping off the the graveyard, so that we could run the flag across. I knew I was going to die, but I knew the flag would get across the field because they were all going to stop to kill me. You know, and and it's the same thing here. You know, you can sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I end up you know been playing a lot of support, and there's times where I'm like, you know what? I can get you guys all out. Just go. And I can stop that whole enemy team because, you know, I got enough CC to slow them down, pop them, and I may not get out of that, but they're not going to catch you. Yeah, that's another thing. Go ahead, Beagle. Kills are not just as important. Sorry, I messed that up already. Sometimes kills in Conquest are not as important as other things. Like, it's not all about kills. You want to play a game where it's all about kills, go back to Arena. Kills aren't important right. at all. You, if they're yeah. not, if if the enemy in your lane or a large chunk of the enemy team is missing because they went back to heal up, you won. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's been hard to learn, and it is because you know you you, you so are thinking of it as a competition. That I gotta I gotta defeat them, but you gotta learn that you defeated them the moment they have to back off. The moment that they have to go hide under tower, the moment they have to go back to fountain to heal, that's when you've won. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, respect the calls, too. When people are making calls, like, if you got a shot caller, and we do this a lot, like, we'll do the exact opposite of what the person calling the shots says. Yeah. <laughs> and if your tank says, hey, run, because they're going to kill me, I'm going to save you guys. Don't turn around, come back and try to save me, just run. Mm-hmm. And there's also... This is probably the hardest part of I've recently taken over a pretty stronger role as the shot caller. Not like completely, obviously. We still have a definite team synchronization, but I've been calling a lot more because uh, just because I've been watching the videos and listening to them communicate. And 
you know, what certain comps can do and, you know, all that jargon. Um, there's times where I'll say, like, all right, let's look for Gold Fury. And people will, like, tunnel vision and just go attack the Gold Fury. But really what go for the Gold Fury <laughs> means is kill the people around the Gold Fury if they show up, pull off of it when they show up, you know, and all this other stuff. But constantly I find we're giving away free Gold Furies and kills because we just sit and focus on it. And it's like, no, that's that's not that's not what I meant. Like, yeah, I know comes- I said attack the Gold Fury, but it doesn't mean tunnel vision attack the Gold Fury until it dies. That, that comes with we need to, like, if, if the intention, that's a, that's an us communication thing where the teamwork comes in. We need to, uh, more clearly, instead of attack the Gold Fury, we just be like bait Gold Fury, you know, things like yeah. that. One thing just I noticed things is like a lot that of times, is more what I mean is like, okay, when I say attack the Gold Fury, I would... I would, in a perfect world, my whole team would know exactly what they should be doing during that. One tank should be looking to intercept. We should have wards placed. We should have alts ready to clear at the end of the gold fury, stuff like that. And sometimes we miss that one crucial piece out of those three. And it's not like I'm going to sit there and be like, okay, Kabrakin, go do this. This guy, go put wards. This guy, attack the gold fury. This guy, hold the alt, because by then... The play's over, and we've either died or got the gold fury. Um, so it's really crush hard to crush them in the whelps. Yeah, crush them in the whelps. Who the fuck was that? Like that is <laughs> the exact feeling that I get sometimes, where it's like, who the fuck didn't? Oh my god! And then that is yeah. a minus fifty DKP. <laughs> That's a fucking fifty DKP minus for not being where the fuck you were supposed to be. Anyway, but, but another yeah. thing is, e- even to build on that. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I say another thing that's important. We're going to, especially if you're playing with a you know a majority or a full team, uh, and and we'll communicate and it'll be like, let's go get the gold fury, and we're going to actually get the gold fury. And a lot of times this is like me as Athena, because as Athena I can be anywhere doing anything and be there in time to, to you know to instantly impact the game. And it'll be like, hey guys. You want me to ult in? Uh, it's like not really anything said. Okay, I'm ulting in. I land. Oh, the gold fury is behind you. Yeah, I was going. I'm like, but you said we were doing gold fury. Yeah, stuff like that is exactly what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Like, it's like, oh, what the fuck, guys? Like, please don't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's a clear when you're in comms, And it's you not. It's not on it. like me saying Yuki, don't fuck it all to Athena if we don't say anything. It's not me saying don't do this if you have athena all it's like please just think what was said recently in the calls and what should be happening and try and make the best decision and if we're all standing around gold fury going what the fuck and yuki alts it and just lands while we're all standing there it's like guys what the hell <laughs> what did you expect <laughs> it, it, to kinda, happen it's kind of like in baseball when there's that really tall pop up and everybody kind of stands in a circle and then it falls in the middle of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes. But yeah, to, to build on what Dan was saying here, uh, another thing that we struggled with and have been working on when you're in comms with people, avoid pronouns. Don't be saying him, mm-hmm. your way, or that, you know, left lane, left jungle, you know, use God names, you know. Which, is, which I do a lot because be I don't remember your names because, in the middle of shit. Yeah. Be like Athena, you know, jungle it, head in your way. Yeah, if you don't know the na- the god name, 
you know, just go right to left. You know, that is so important because there's so many times, you know, over the last week as we've been working on our communications where, you know, oh, you know, like I'm talking and I say a God name and then I hear, all right, I'm going in on him. But what I missed was when I was talking, they said another God name. And so I think they're coming in and I go and attack and I'm like, where the hell are you guys at? <laughs> I, I like, love laughing oh, at that. Well, that's why that. I'm out of position because, you know, I thought I you guys said you're you coming in and, and you, know, you were right there in the jungle, but you went the other way <laughs> towards the other God. And I'm like, oh, now I'm out of position yeah. because, you know, all I heard was, all right, I'm going in on him. I'm like, all right, we got this. And I'm like, by myself, like, okay. Shit. <laughs> that brings up another interesting point as well. Uh, and I'm guilty of this for sure because I did it today. If you're in trouble, run towards your team, no matter what you think they should be doing. <laughs> yes, always run. Unless, the yeah. te- unless your team is going, get the fuck away from me. Like, I can't tell you this- every time it's like, run towards, it's like, run towards me, run towards me. Goes out the other lane entrance halfway, <laughs> halfway down mid instead of right in my face. And I'm like, that that's not towards me. I was coming to middle lane. No, I'm not in middle lane. I'm waiting at this <laughs> this entrance of the jungle. <laughs> yeah. So the story behind that today was um is a Nami level two versus a Cupid level two. Well, you was and an Amir, but the Amir's kit was down, and Cupid dashed in on me, and I turned and tried to kill him. I got low, and my Kuzumbo Dirt Nab Dingus was standing there with his fucking claws up in the air looking like he was frozen. Like, come towards me! Come towards me! And I'm like, for what? Get the fuck in here and kill him! Like, and then I yeah, died. It, again, it was level two. My We just stole their purple. My, my shit was down. <laughs> I had used my, my, my damage shield to body block the Cupid out at first. I'm like, come on, Dan, let's go, let's go. And then he's going back into their jungle. I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? He's like, I don't know. I kind of thought I was a pro and was just going to kill him. <laughs> like, we're level. I just hit level two no, in the middle of that No, if you would have came in, I guarantee you that was a double kill. <laughs> 100%. Because Izanami at level two beats the fuck out of any Cupid at level two because of her stim. Yeah, well, usually when we say, all right, get the buff and get out, we're going back towards, like, into the Gold Fury area or back into lane. Not going deeper into jungle. That's not where I'm exchanging you. To that, get that's that's the point I'm trying to make here. The game is dynamic, and the calls are not always exactly what they seem. Yep. So yep. if we say go in and get the buff and get out, but then a level two cupid dashes at you as Izanami with your full kit up, that doesn't mean oh well. I'm just gonna let him shoot my asshole off. I'm gonna walk away. No, you fucking fight back because you can kick his ass with your stim. And it would have been an easy kill. We would have ran him back out to lane with two purples and we would have destroyed them. But the call was get the purple and get out. So, of course, dad's ready to go. And I'm like, he's at like two bars of HP. Fucking come in here. (laughs) And then I died. Well, like I said, again, you know, it was one of those things where he was in front of me 90% of that time. And I was like, like, where are you at? And then finally he dashes past me because, you know, his dash came, you know, he, he leveled his dash. Like I said, we just were all getting to level two in that fight. I and hit level three off the buff. That's why I leveled my dash and got out. Or tried. And, and two things, depending on your position, that kind of comes into this little shenanigans that happened. Um, it's a good thing I wasn't there. I just laughed at you guys. 
so much. Oh, it was quite coordinated. <laughs> it definitely was. <laughs> oh, but, it was uh, hilarious. But I will promise you this. If I am a carry and you're a tank, I will let you die for me. I will run by you. I will go see you. I will not turn around. <laughs> but if I'm Oh, yeah, that's... I, I guess a, with yeah. the play style Dad has what I should have done. Yeah. But, like, I've been playing with Dicey. And my man Dicey knows... We he, can kill these bitches. He's he plays so Dicey's plays so much support. He's got that down, and he's good. At, and he's good at keeping an eye on his mini map. Um, which I'm gonna touch on that a second later too. But also the other thing is, I promise you, if I'm a tank and you're in trouble, I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to get your ass out. Now, if we're fighting in the jungle, I might take a different path to get an angle. If I think you're going to be okay for another second, I will walk around that you know, that boulder in the middle waiting on cooldowns or something or have a blink up and trying to catch him off. But I will do everything. I will die for you as my carry. Yeah, I think that's another thing is understanding your teammates' kits a little bit, knowing that their mm-hmm. cooldowns are going to be down, their kits are going to be down, and understanding how long it's going to be before they're back up. And which is really fucking hard to get used to. It I is. mean, you're trying to keep track of like 10 kits in a game. It is, but you got to kind of do it. Yeah, you have to know I mean, when and, that... and call out when alts go off because that's important to know. Yeah. Like, all right, yeah, Cupid's alts down. All right, now I know we have, you know, how much time seconds. that we can engage yeah. him in without having to worry about that shit. Yeah, and always so... lowball that. Exactly. Like if you see Cupid gold go down, and it's like sixty-eight seconds or sixty seconds, you know, with no cooldown, I'm just gonna go. All right, we have like forty seconds. Because mm-hmm. you've got 40 seconds to fight, 20 seconds to forget shit's happening, and 5 seconds to go, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, you gotta learn to rotate. You need to, rotation is really important. Yeah, we're bad about that. And work with your teammates, you know, like the same thing we are just talking about call-outs. Call out when that knee backflips so that I know when to come out of the jungle and hit them. You know, just little things like that go a long way. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times, and Guy is probably our best rotator, I would say, because he, you know, he's our main mid guy. And there's so many times where we're fighting over in duo lane, or I'm over in solo lane, and well, like I said earlier, here comes Alphash <laughs> prancing <laughs> out of the jungle. Yeah, like or, or raging, you know. And I love that because I know his alt's up, and 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 shit's about to hit the fan for the bad guys, and you know, fun stuff. But yeah. Rot- rotating is huge. Don't underestimate that. You know, if you got your lane pushed up, you got the farm under control, or it's not there. You know, be looking over at your left or your right, and like, oh, there's some low health bars. You know, I- I'm ahead of my guy. I can take one one wave and just say, I'm not going to worry about that wave. I'm going to go ki- help kill them because they're they're pushed up. You know, and it's those moments are, are integral to turning games around. Exactly. They're game changers. They can truly change the game. Definitely. So with the minimap thing, um, we all play on console. And I started messing with this finally because I'd honestly forgotten that they'd given us the ability to move the minimap on our screen. Uh, I've been messing with the opacity. So how, you know, how transparent it is. Uh, I've been turning that turning that down to make it a little more see through. It's really, really fucking weird at first to have that mini map covering my character model. But at the end of the day, I don't really need to see my character model. Um, and typically, you know, an enemy is not going to be there, so I'm not going to miss an animation or something through through the map. But also, the map is fairly transparent. 
and once you get used to not looking, you know, to your right for your mini map, man, that mini map in the middle had saved my ass like three times last night. Cause I'm sitting there do sitting there, you know, doing what I'm doing, clearing a wave, and I can see the red dots are just dead center in my screen. For for where the enemies are, and I'm like, oh shit, I would have missed that. Because I would have looked, you know, had to look up or wouldn't have looked up at all to see the minimap because I would have had to have looked up when I was doing something. Um, I know Dirt Nap's dad was doing the Baron support and he was pulling people. And the only reason I saw it was because the minimap was in the middle of my screen. And I saw these two people getting sucked into him. And I looked over and I could see, you know, his character model was way up in the air on my screen through the walls. And I just hit triangles Athena and ulted in and squished somebody. Mm-hmm. That was the Loki because the Loki was invisible, and I was laughing, cackling like an asshole because you know I just squished a lo- invisible Loki as Athena. Can I just say it again? Don't play Loki ADC because I'll kick your ass <laughs> if you try. And really, you could talk all night about conquest. I mean, there's just so much to it. It's such yeah. a complex yeah. game, really. It is. And I think we are going to go ahead and wrap things up here for our discussion on it this week, but. We will be coming back and doing some more sessions on, on Conquest and what we've learned because it, it is the heart and soul of Smite and we're learning every day. You know, uh, I've seen somewhere, I don't know where it was lately, but I've seen that if you're not winning, you're learning. And I think that is a tremendously, tremendously important thing. So I think know. it's going to be, I think it'd be really good for us to come revisit Conquest you know, on a semi-regular basis, just because we're going to mm-hmm. learn more. You know, people we play with, new people we meet are going to teach us stuff. We're going to have new information to pass along. Yeah. So we'll definitely come back to that. We're going to get Taco's thoughts here on it. And then we're going to go ahead uh, after that and hop in to talk about our character of our session of progression this week. So we're going to hand it off to Taco here. Kind of give us her perspective a little bit on, you know, how to play Conquest itself. You know, what what are the main points to you that if you're looking to get better and, and learn how to play Conquest, what's your what's your advice there? Well, to be completely fair, I, I don't necessarily believe that in Season 5 there is really a right or wrong answer for the Conquest meta. I, I think that... Things are pretty open at the moment in terms of what God selections are reasonable and what are actually viable. Of course, it's going to vary uh, whether you're a casual ranked or looking to be on the cusp of branching over from ranked into minor league play. But overall, I, I think the best thing you could always remember when playing Conquest is that there is always something you could have done better. I still find myself constantly looking to critique my gameplay whenever I'm going throughout a match. I think having an open mindset towards not only your own uh, self-awareness, but also those around you, even the people in your games, um, if you start hearing the same messages over and over from like match to match at a certain point, you know, you got to just... Stop thinking everybody on my team is awful and maybe start looking a little bit more towards yourself. I think that's one of the biggest hindrances I notice with a lot of inexperienced players is that they have a hard time accepting criticism. And I understand that it's not always going to come in, in the nicest form. Trust me, I've, I've, I've spent my fair share of uh, fun conquest nights with people, especially in the in the ranked area. But I, I think that 
arena, funnily enough, is probably one of the best ways to, before, to get involved in before even jumping into Conquest because a lot of people uh, that try to go immediately into Ranked Conquest just don't even understand a lot of god kits, how to properly itemize, things like that. So it's just about building up the basics first and, and feeling comfortable with every role before really trying to jump right into the thick of things. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I know recently I've kind of almost felt a, a frustration with season five as it's mutated away from season four where you know specific classes played specific roles and there was only a few variances to that and i think after some of the more even more recent changes here in season five it has really opened up the playbook to find all kinds of different gods in all kinds of different lanes doing all kinds of different things and and to me it's been a little frustrating because i'm so used to like I, I love solo lane. I love going over and playing that warrior on warrior, you know, slap fest. And now half the time I get over there, I'm like, oh, Lord, who, who, who the hell was on the other side here? And it's either, yay, I'm going to, you know, stomp some face or, oh, Lord, this is not going to be easy. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's definitely been an adjustment phase that I feel like I've been going through personally. Uh, so that, that definitely makes a lot, a lot of sense that, it, that it's opened up. I really like, you know, how you talked about, you know, just going into arena, you know, assault actually is a mode that really helped me get better at the game because it forces you into some roles that you're not used to, especially, you know, with characters and, you know, and the team fighting is so important there. But at the same time, you know, one person can kind of help carry and lead the way. So it, the other game modes actually do affect, you know, your conquest play, just helping, you know, get that learning down. If you had to say, just, you know, I don't know. Just one tip. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me backtrack. I know the other thing I wanted to come back to. You said <laughs> that um, there's always something you can get better at. Solo Double J just recently did a video. So hats off to him. I really like this. And he was like, you know, something I'm working on is not yelling at the other people on my team. It's not always their fault. Sometimes they could be a good player just in a bad position, in a bad matchup, or having a bad night, whatever it may be. We've all been there. And if they're losing, there is something that you can do differently to help your team. And, I, you know, and, and you, you kind of keyed in on that. And I think that is actually really huge and, and something I know that I need to work on. And I'm sure all of us can sit here and say, yeah, you know what? It's a lot easier to place blame on others than it is to accept blame on yourself. And, you know, I had a moment last night where, you know, I got my ass kicked and, you know, I, I watched the replay of that today probably about 20 times. And, you know what, there were mistakes all around, but it all started with, with me not having enough health for what was happening. And, you know, had I not been stupid, I would have been full health and I would have been fine. But I went into the fight with only half health. Well, you know, well, back to fountain I went. Yeah, I. The one thing. Oh, sorry. So you, you want to no, go sorry. Ahead? You go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was, I was just gonna say one. I mean, there's a few different things uh, or a few different factors that are usually the the number one culprits for why a lot of players feel as though they get trapped into this uh, elo hell spectrum, so fingers. to say, and. Uh, <laughs> One of them I definitely think is is just players not really recognizing when they can actually begin to rotate. You know, it's easy when you're sitting at like 704, you're just 
soloing whoever it is you're up against the lane and you're just thinking, wow, my team just sucks because you're, they're all feeding, everything's going awful, but you're the only member doing anything right. So uh, a lot of players don't realize that if they just rotated and utilize that advantage they built up from their laning phase into a team fighting aspect, a lot of times that can be enough to shift the direction that a match is headed in. And I, I think that's probably the main thing that I, I noticed the most of a lot of, um, I'd say silver to low plat area is where a lot of those kind of decision-making values aren't necessarily looked towards as often as they should be. Um, another one also is just like trying to promote a more positive environment. I, I know that when it comes to the world of online gaming in general, there's always going to be a certain level of toxicity involved with anything because it's the internet and anonymity is just rampant. So everybody tries to abuse it to their advantage. But honestly, I've had better results being positive and just saying, don't worry about it to the guy that's feeding his brains out and our team actually ending up turning the game around simply from that. And I, I think it's important to remember that just because somebody goes like 0-10 in the game you just had with them last time around, it's a brand new lobby in every single game that you enter. And you should never really go into the match with the mindset of whatever happened in your past one because that's only going to leak over past frustrations and you it's just unnecessary for a fresh start that's a couple interesting points there uh we had a game yesterday the day before where we had was it the arachne in the jungle who somebody i can't remember who they were playing as uh as the jungler was making poor life choices but not or playing was it the nemesis? yes it was the nemesis yeah she was where mm -hmm. she needed to be but wasn't quite doing the right thing. And and you're sitting there looking at it going, it's like, and, and she ended up like two and eight or something. And I'm just like uh, feeding, not not yelling at her, because one, it's harder to yell at people like legitimately on console. And two, it, there wasn't any point in yelling at her, but like you you could tell that clearly she's not used to playing Nemesis, but not playing poorly. And that's two separate things. And the other other thing is we've been talking recently, us as a group playing, is getting better at when to start rotating, looking for op, uh, chances to rotate to another lane and put pressure on. And it's something that we've been getting a little better at, especially whoever ended up in solo lane would uh, spend a lot of time. It's like 20 minutes into the game, still over there swatting fingers with somebody else. And we've got to get better about working that out and pressing those advantages. Yeah, and I, I totally agree oh. about the team fight part. It, we were streaming last night and someone's like, you guys are still laning? It's like, you know, 15 minutes in, I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes it just kind of gets away from you. You're just, you know, there's both opponents in your lane. I was in the duo lane at that point. And I'm just like, yeah, they're both still over there, you know, and, and everybody's, you know, it's like, guys, we need to, someone needs to clear their lane. And instead of going to farm, go to that next lane and, and group up and, and get a gank. And then, then turn that into, you know, ganking the other lane or getting an objective, you know, and just kind of snowball it from there. We definitely need to work on, on getting out of the laning phase a little earlier. I thought I, Smite was a farming simulator. I think it was <laughs> me that ended up in that game pointing out that uh, I think our problem is we mainly end up mirroring what the enemy team does in that laning phase where, oh, their support left. So, okay, now I'm going to leave. What we need to realize is that 
if we take that initiative first, we're going to have the advantage instead of having to play against them already having an advantage because they out-rotated us. thing we see in my, in my kind of level of play anyways is ward, ward coverage. I think that's so important. Wards, wards are good, but a, a lot of times you can honestly... Well, I guess I shouldn't really be saying this because <laughs> the last thing I probably need to do is discourage people from picking up wards. But, but honestly, map rings, if you, do, if you use the mini-map, you won't have to spend nearly as much uh, gold on wards, which can give you a slight itemization favoring over your opponent, depending on whether or not they're buying wards. Because the, the 50 to 150 gold, it really does begin to add up. I think it's more noticeable once you start get branching off into the higher divisions and like high levels of gameplay where things like that can be a little bit more extorted by the enemy team if you're falling behind on your build. But for the most part, I'd say that it's just knowing when to pressure an advantage and that could be anything from just getting somebody's beads or agus up to finding a kill in general like i think a lot of players don't notice how often they can actually look to siege a tower immediately after a pick or look to take an objective and more often than not what i've noticed is that players will just accept the team fight that just took place and then look to fall back to base, buy up, but you don't really get enough out of that at times. And that's usually where you start to see some of these more stretched out matches. And so it's just really important to keep it in the back of your mind. Always look for the what next factor as opposed to just, okay, that's good enough. Yep. Uh, we have I a problem with there. overextending. <laughs> <laughs> we can totally take all three Phoenixes in 20 seconds. We got this. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up the conquest uh, conversation there because it is time of this week. Progression. We're going to be talking about on her, and before we get started talking about him, Yuki, why don't you give us some lore on him? On her is a bad mamma jamma. Um, he's been around in Egyptian mythology forever. He's, I mean, he's one of the earlier earlier gods. He is the Egyptian god of war, and was worshipped in the city of Abydos. Uh, by the way, shout out to any people who have ever watched Stargate and know what Abydos is as far as the TV show. It's one of my favorites. Couldn't let it go. Um, but he also has a wife uh, named Mahit, who is the, his female counterpart yeah, counterpart from Nubia. Uh, and his name reflects in this, and his meaning is one who leads back the distant one. That is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, but he's pretty cool. Uh, there's lots of statue and artwork. Uh, the spear aspect, um, sort of accurate. I mean, typically it's he's carrying a like a staff that's sort of spear-like. Um, I do like the translation of him being a hunter with a spear and not just you know another bow and arrow hunter. And but uh, just tons of crap. Uh, there are a few big named. Uh, real life characters from uh Egyptian history that are directly linked. Uh the priestess or the high priest of Tutmos the Fourth, uh Amenhotep, uh was a priest of Anher and his wife Henut was a songstress of on of Anher. And I wish I'm going a little diatribe here. I wish that especially with the Egyptian mythology, because Singers and musicians were so integral 
to the worship of these gods that there was some way to work it in. Um, but I don't ever think, would, think that's ever going to happen, but it's really fun. Smite, uh, the musical. Yeah. And we know a lot about Amenhotep <laughs> and uh, Henut because they have stories written down being, you know, in high sustaining in the society, uh, written down on a steel eye in the British Museum. So shout out to the British Museum. And that's where a good chunk of our information comes from for on her. But I do love the kit. I think it very much reflects... You know, the fact that he comes from the uh, more desert region of Egypt, considering how much landscapes change there. So it's pretty cool to think about. And, you know, he's a badass lion. All right. So we got some abilities here. Dan, you got you got those abilities for us this week? Yes, sir. All right. Fire away. Okay. We start out with the passive here. Enfeeble. On her spear attacks, reduce the enemy target's physical protection for 3 seconds. Um, the physical protection debuff is 20. We'll move on to his 1. Shifting Sands. On her erects an obelisk from the ground, blocking all player movement. The surrounding sands slow enemies and increase the damage of on her's basic attacks against targets in the sands. The slow what, does he do? what does he do with his obelisk? He erects it. Alright. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the slow is a scaling 15 to 35 percent the damage buff is a scaling 4 to 20 percent and the lifetime is seven seconds next ability up is impale on her hurls his spear with great might if the not good might great might if the spear hits a god they take damage and are knocked back most people don't know this part uh oh wait no no hold on they know this part god's knocked back into the wall or stunned most people didn't realize this when they first started playing him, and I, I didn't. Enemies hit by the pushed god also take damage. Uh, the spear passes newer. through minions, doing damage to them as well. That, that's newer. That was added in the, like eight or nine or ten patches ago. Yeah, that was a that was a, a very very nice addition for that yes. because I felt like, wow, I just pushed a Kabrakin through four little assassins and. He just kind of went right through him. Darn. I feel like I should have gotten a lot of extra damage for that, you know, and that was a lot more satisfying when they put that in. Uh, the damage is scaling 90 to 350 plus 80% of your physical power. The stun duration is 1.1 second to 1.5 if you hit them against a wall. Uh, the next is his leap, Disperse. On her leaps to his ground target location, doing damage and knocking back all enemies in the radius where he lands. The damage is scaling 70 to 230, plus 60% of your physical power. Next is probably one of the most hard-hitting ultimates in Smite, uh, Desert Fury. Summoning the Fury of the Desert, on her hunkers down and throws empowered spears that pass through everything, doing damage to all enemies in their path. He is immune to crowd control for the duration. Damage per spear is scaling 60 to 160 with 20% of your physical power, and he throws 8 total spears. So mm. much damage. So much damage. So we'll throw it over to Taco here to let her tell us a little bit how to play on her. My baby. I wish I were better. Yeah, your baby. <laughs> so I'll tell you, to be honest, I like his kit, but when I play him, <laughs> I he has not clicked for me yet. So it I'm might be eager. a console thing, too. Eager to hear what you have to say about him here today, and, and you know the best way to play him and so forth. 
And, and it, that's how it is for me. You know, it, sometimes I'll play a god, you know, 10, 10 times, you know, 20 times before they click with me. Sometimes I play them, I'm like, oh, this god's awesome. And right off the bat, you know, I mean, I'm sure we're all like that one way or another. Um, so, Taco, you know, starting off here, you know, uh, ability-wise, what do you think, uh, you know, using a conquest mindset is the best way to build out your abilities and then from building them out, how to use them in conjunction with one another? Well, first things first, uh, in general, Honor is going to be a lot more complicated to play if you're doing this from the console side of things. Controller in general, he's not a very feels-good guy when it comes to uh, Xbox versus PC. But some of the things that you can do to try and make things a little bit easier on yourself is looking to max out the impel. That, that should always be your first priority is getting that impel going as soon as possible. You only want one point in your three as well. You want to make sure that your skill progression is two, one, four, three, because that's usually going to provide you with the most damage possible. And you don't necessarily need to look for the big in pillar impale stuns like that's not always a necessity it looks cool and it feels really good whenever you get it off but uh you can normally be fine just using the impale in general for damage and then using the shifting sands immediately after to get some good in-hand poke damage too a, a lot of players don't fully realize at times just how much more damage you get off of the bonus power from the shifting sands and, and but He's considered the best boxing god in dueling for that reason. Even nowadays, why we're starting to see a little bit more honor in the mid lane is because he's very strong at just a, pretty much forcing the enemy mid laner to back off if they're not also a hunter. It's very difficult for a mage to keep up with the power spike of honor early on, especially since we see so much boot rush nowadays. Sometimes Discord cuts out a little bit. So what, what were you saying there, Yuki? I think he was saying something about the new Heartseeker. Yeah, well, new Heartseeker isn't an item that I see being utilized by a lot of hunters. I think the only um, one to really keep an eye out for would be Neath and possibly Medusa. I, I don't really envision this item will get much more traction than that, simply because of the fact that it's a pretty heavy investment to get five enhance prior to using an ability. And normally you think that's like a, a seller. That's exactly what a hunter would want. But there are some hunters who aren't really meant to synchronize their abilities in that manner. Even the ability-based hunters like Uller, Medusa, Neath, you typically want to follow auto cancellations on those gods. So you're not really looking for... To, uh, multiple auto attacks like one after the other you normally just want the ability in hand ability in hand and so on and so forth so heart ticker i i don't think that we'll see a whole lot of that on hunters anytime soon hmm. so w what is a good uh you know core build uh for and her for honor, it can vary. There's the typical transcendence route where you can opt for Hunter's Blessing, T1 of the Transcendence, which is Morningstar, I believe. And then you can rush either Warrior Tabai or Ninja Tabai. I would recommend building Boots prior to building a Transcendence first because Boots will typically give you a little bit more of an advantage in the laning phase. Just having the mobility over the enemy Hunter plus on her already hits so hard because of his passive. And so you, you want to rush the boots. You can go for Transcendence right after that. And then I like to look for either an Aussie or a Crusher. I think this is 
kind of down to player preference. If you feel like you're not really having too many issues of survivability, then you probably don't need the self-sustain from Aussie and can flex into a crusher just to get added damage onto the Desert Fury and Impale because early to mid game is where most of Onher's ability-based damage is going to be felt in. And um, after that, whether you decide to go Aussie or Crusher, you can then do things vice versa, or you can go straight into an Executioner for your fourth item. And uh, I have a big issue with this kind of stuff. Like These, these kind of questions are, are a little bit more complicated because a, a lot of builds for hunters should almost always be game dependent and uh, i love that answer i love that answer thank you it's yeah it's 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 hard because there is a, a variety of things that you can go for it's it's not necessarily locked down to one um i i've covered like hunter builds a couple of times um as far as like what works best, like when, and and the big thing to always just keep in mind is whether you go for a Devos or Transcendence based build, the only three items I would ever recommend is being core on any Hunter. It's just either your Devos or Trans, it doesn't matter which or, um, Boots, and then an Executioner. Those are probably the only few items, like those three, as long as you have them in any shape or form, you're usually good to go. And can build just about anything after that, as long as it's within reason, of course. So you don't want to be going off into like Silver Branch Bow with like an Ikavol and just building the entire like Atalantis Bow, Odysseus Bow, because then you're not going to have any sort of real shred. But um, those three items alone are, are typically enough to let you gauge where the enemy team stands at, because you always have to keep in mind what the enemy composition is before you ever try to complete your build and you should always make sure to hit tab as well just to check up on what they're building because if they're going for more health dependent items then you want to go for a pen based um chin size esque type build but if they're just building a, a lot of protections and, and not really a whole lot of health sometimes you can even get away with going crit as long as you have a titan's bane and executioner in the build Interesting. that is something that i'm a big proponent of is that you know, there should be like your core items should only be you know, like three things, and then really the other three are dependent on what the hell is going on in this particular game. What opponents are you up against? Do they have tanks? There's not always tanks on the other team anymore. I mean, we've played mm -hmm. against teams, you know, in Conquest now where, you know, the support's a mage, the solo's a mage, the mid's a mage, and then they got a hunter and assassin. That's totally different if you're going up against, a, you know, a Ymir in, in the duo lane. Yeah, so you really got to pay attention to that and you know, paying attention to the build is so important what the other team's building because, yeah, if they're building a lot of health. You want that chin sai in there, you know, and, and so forth. If they're not, you got to flex the other way to, to make it important. So high five for uh, echoing my, my beliefs on that. So uh, my next question for you when it comes to on her is there's an on her on the enemy team. What are some keen things to be aware of to fight against him? The easiest way to solo an enemy hunter is to always just wait for them to jump first. Um, if they try to jump onto you, you should never try to do an up-down jump. It's a, it's a waste of your leap. What you can do instead is just go straight into the Desert Fury, because that way when they land, you're going to connect every single one of those spears. And then immediately after that, you can look to up-down jump them, or you can just look to straight up impale them, have your shifting sands ready to go as well. Sometimes uh, what I like to do is I like to throw out my one first and then Desert Fury because you can usually, depending on what your key bindings are and how quick your reflexes are, um, you might be able to get that off also. But 
it just gives you so much damage and, and you're typically going to end up killing them before they have a chance to really respond or do anything to you. So, and uh, so far the strategy's worked out. Um, I think the last time I lost an on her 1v1 was probably uh, 2014 uh, to Lazis. So <laughs> he did a best of three though. Nice. And he, he got me pretty good though. It was, it was a little embarrassing for me, but it was fine at the end. So if you're not on her and there's some and, and there's one on the enemy team, like just from a, a general standpoint, what are, are key things just to look out for? Like, you know, what would you say is on her's tells per se from any other god's perspective? It's just placement of the pillar. That's probably one of the best parts about on her's team fight and the mid to later game stages. You will want to use that shifting sands as often as possible just for a slow body blocks. Um, it's very easy as well just to Desert Fury is such a short cooldown because sometimes you can just spam it whenever it's available and you think that a team fight engagement might take place. It can be a, a good disencouraging tool to use against the enemy team. And if you're worried about an on her coming towards you, the best thing that you could possibly do is just try to set up a trap. He does have a rather slow leap. So his initiation can be very readable and it's best to just heavy crowd control him at the bottom. Or if you're worried, if you're able to like see an honor against you in like a rape lobby, for example, the best thing or the things that always give me the most trouble is just gods with a lot of slows. Okay. So I think that's pretty much going to wrap up our session of progression here uh, for this week. and. We're going to go ahead and lead into some questions here. So Beagle, I believe uh, there's some questions here in ye old community section that uh, community was looking to ask. So we'll kind of let you get started and then Guy can take over when it gets down to his social media stuff there. All right. Um, let me make sure I'm at the top here. Okay, yes, I am. So Looks like Merc first, and Zombies first. Yep. How did you get the name Taco? Uh, that actually came about when I was in sixth grade. Uh, I used to only play uh, Xbox pretty much because of the Halo series. And when Halo 2 released, I needed a gamer tag to play Xbox Live with the rest of my friends. I have always had tacos as like my favorite food. Um, my mom's tacos are probably my favorite. I, I've never been able to replicate uh, anything as tasty as hers, but I, I will try my best. And... That was pretty much it. I, I just wanted to be the best at Halo at the time when I played. And I was really young and I, I just thought the best taco was a funny name. So I kind of just rolled with it. <laughs> I love <Nice>. tacos. <laughs> All right. Um, next question is from Yuri on Discord or Yuri. Why is Baron not considered a healer? Well, and just to kind of put this in connotations, this was when we were playing an assault and for a couple games in a row, we kept getting a Baron on the other side of the team, and it's just like, you know, that really sucks. Because <laughs> they got a healer, and we don't. In general, Baron is, like, he's a bit of a pseudo-healer, so he's not specifically for sustain around a team composition, but he can definitely be itemized in a manner that allows him to feel like a healer or just as effective as one. It, whenever you find yourself against a Baron, uh, the best thing you could possibly do is just don't waste any time. Just 
go straight for the anti-heal. The earlier, the better, because if you, if a Baron on the enemy team were to see you like rushing a brawler, divine, pestilence, that could also deter them from wanting to just look for the Lotus Crown and try to prioritize their sustain for the team. I, I think a competitive play also, um, we do tend to see a lot more hybrid bid uh, or hybrid building of a Baron and that's largely because of the fact of how much sustain he can provide. But if you'll notice, a, a lot of times those teams tend to have an actual secondary sustain-based member, like a Terra or a Ra even. And it's just because it feels a lot more impactful in, in numbers, of course, as, as you might expect with adding one healer and onto another. But I, I don't think Baron is a healer, personally. He is and will probably always remain to be a heavy control mage. It's just that he can be itemized to fulfill the role of a pseudo healer. Yeah, but when it comes to assault, I'm I'm always going to argue that he should be considered one. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, I know it's a conditional heal, but in assault, it's just like, you know, <laughs> this lane's not that wide. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it kind of falls into the same spectrum as I, I'm not sure um, if Assault has listed Cupid as a healer nowadays or no, if he's still not listed either. as one. And, and yeah, it's just because they're not inherently healers. And, and so that's where the distinguishment comes from is that since they're not specifically released to be mm -hmm. like Aphrodite in hell, that's why they're not given yeah, that I, official title. I've been talking a little bit lately with the crew, just like, I really think Assault needs to, need, needs a little loving. They need their healer tier. They need a sub-healer tier. Like, Guan Yu needs to come down to that. Cupid and Baron need to come up into it because, you know, Guan Yu can't bolster his heal, you know, with items like, like any of the mage or magic-based healing can. You know, and Cupid, even though he's still physical, his hearts aren't that conditional to pick up. It that's real easy to throw them out, and you know, for people to run over them. You know, if if people can't pick them up, it's because you're throwing them in the wrong spot. You know, and and so forth. So, but anyway, uh, I think Yuri has a, <laughs> a a much or Evie has a much better uh, question here, Beagle. If you had to turn five gods into the Elite Four and one being a champion, who would be the five and what kind of teams would they use? Electric, fire, fairy, and so on. Who would be the challenging god to take the champion spot? Oh, uh... Like, i I pick any five gods in Smite <laughs> to, like, be the Elite Four. Yep, yeah. this is like yeah. a Pokemon Smite um, crossover now. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Well, Kali is by default, I think, has to be on the Elite Four, um, just because she's insane. And I, and she's I guess got four that, arms, so you know. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking of like which gods would probably fare best in like these one v one situations, or like just battling in general. Um, I really like Awilish though, and I think I have to say Honor by default here because mm, he's my favorite yeah. god. Understandable for sure. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, you guys might be a little bit disappointed because I'm just gonna go with like you know some some fan favorites, and I, I tend to dabble mostly with assassins and hunters. So the other two would probably have to be Mercury and Fenrir. And then as far as their elements, um, probably fire and ice. I mean, ice is always one of like my more preferred elements. I, I guess. I always found it to be the the more interesting side of like 
the animes that I watch and stuff like that. And uh, I, I guess if I really, if I really had a, a chance to choose, I, I would probably just want to go for like that style of uh, of element. Next, we have Mr. Nep. If you and Maddie were to do a tryhard sweaty duel match, who would win? Uh, we've done one of those in the past already, actually. Uh, I, I guess not a lot of people really remember it because this was like a little bit more than a year and a half ago, back when we were um, first like starting to play Smite together and stuff like that. But he played Anubis and I picked on her. He put our server to Australia without my knowledge. And <laughs> he thought that if neither of us could hit anything, then there's no chance either of us could lose. And I would probably want to F6 out of frustration for pink. I ended up killing him, but I don't really count it as like a 1v1 victory just because I, I know that he was trolling at the time. I think if we were to play seriously, it would actually be very close. And I honestly couldn't tell you who would win because I'm 100% certain that whoever was about to lose would just go and unplug the internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think so. Oh, now I so. know what I need to do. God. I'm telling you, there, there's no way to lose when nobody can play. <laughs> yeah, true, very, very true. I, we've actually had a well, guy and um, I forget who the other person was, uh, but we had a storm roll through our area, and well, Dan Beagle and I are all on the same internet, and the power just blinked, and well. That's enough for the router to go out, and it takes like five minutes for it to reset. They couldn't survive, you know. It was, <laughs> it was an assault match pretty early on, but it was just like, yeah, no, they they just steamrolled the two of them, and, uh, and yeah, we tried our best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guy. Why don't you get into some of your social media questions, and then we'll wrap things up with our questions for Taco. All right, we're gonna start out. On Reddit here, we have a high res Ryu. He asks, "Fight one? Would you rather fight one minion-sized Titan or one hundred Titan-sized minions?" I think by default, I have to go for just the one. Better, better odds for not fatiguing myself. I feel like uh, there is value in numbers for that sort of stuff, and my energy would probably deteriorate pretty rapidly over time dealing with more than one thing. So. Yeah, I'm just going to have to go with the solo one at this this time. Oh, yeah. And we got next one is from Alpha Jackal. He says, <laughs> would you rather fight one Titan-sized taco or 100 Titan-sized taco-sized Titans? Okay, well, there, there's no loser in, in this situation because <laughs> I, I would just eat both sides of them. So uh, I, I would say both. I would say both, yeah. I mean, uh, why not both at this point? All the tacos. All right. The next one we have is from Beatlesboy67. How do you separate your inherent biases for teams and slash players you like when casting? I just tend to look at the match from an analytical point of view. I, I mean, it's kind of my job as chair two during casting, and especially whenever I'm trying, not even casting, and just focusing on uh, what analysis I want to bring up on the desk. It isn't as complicated as people might assume. I, I know a lot of times the public might think that we're giving a little bit of bias towards like one team or the other, but in all honesty, we're pretty much friends with just about every single one of the pro players, uh, or at least I don't know of any um, 
real issues uh, that the casters have with anybody. I, I think for the most part, we all just enjoy the, the fun of competitive play. And it, it's usually really enjoyable uh, for us, at least. And I tend to just focus on what the players are doing as opposed to my personal relationships with them. Because I, I think you're going to get a, a better viewer relating experience or at least make it more relatable to the public if you have that integration of like yes we clearly get along but these guys are also competing like at the end of the day there's a lot of money on the line and i i think that we can or at least when i speak for myself here um i have like players on every team that i like and so i can't actually choose just one team so like rapidly support or anything like that it, it kind of just falls down to i just want to see some good smite games hell yeah all right the next one we have is from bell mean says this is her twitch joke she'll get it tell her she owes her chat 74 giveaways yeah these, these guys think about all made of codes because because i work for hires now <laughs> and, and they think that i can just like generate them in my brain or, or something yeah. but there's there's no uh 70 something giveaways i don't know I, I lost track of where the count is at recently but <laughs> you know but today it's 70 tomorrow it'll be like 140 it's just how they're feeling on a certain day uh, <laughs> all right I actually have no idea, by the way, is how many codes they have left. Uh, this isn't even me like fronting. They they don't like handing out um, those kind of specialty skins because of the fact that, as you guys are aware, we kind of preserve those nowadays for the charity events just because it's not really meant to be an incentive, obviously, for people to donate like $1,000 for Archon Phantom skin or anything like that. But... It is a cool reward, and I think it makes the people who are willing to like spend the money for the, the charity donation, uh, it's just like a, a, a small little benefit, but you're, you're definitely paying for, for the charity at that point. You're, you're not really paying so much for a skin, or at least I don't know too many people that are willing to drop $1,000 on a skin. Yeah, I think it's really awesome how you guys do that. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, I don't think anybody goes into a charity stream thinking, man, I can't wait to buy that $1,000 skin, baby. Here I come. It's It's got to be about the charity at that point. And that's just like a high res saying, thank you for being charitable. Now we're going to be charitable and give you something that nobody else really has access to. Everybody just wants the skins. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it all depends. I mean, it, it's depending on where your guys' FP is at, too. You can just get the, the demonic tentatives, I believe, is what it's called. And that's a, that's a good runner-up if, if people can't do or wait out for the Make-A-Wish Foundation charity stream. Um, the 80,000 FP, that was one of the primary reasons why it had to be such a... Well, I don't want to call it a ridiculously high amount because I, I feel like it was actually a fairly reasonable amount because it's just enough to where you have to invest a little bit more time if you are serious about getting the skin, which I think can kind of compensate for the fact that there are people who would be very angry if it was easy to get a skin bearing a lot of similarities to Archon because, you know, some people do just spend the thousand dollars to get the skin at the charity stream times. And, and so it's, um, I, I don't know. For hires, it's always a lose-lose situation. That is one thing that I've learned uh, since I started working for the company. There's never going to be uh, a right answer because someone's always mad about something. 
But from um, not an employee standpoint, but but just my own, I think that it's by far one of the best ways to go about doing things is to try and keep in mind the other side before making a decision. Yeah. And the next one is from I'm Seeking Truth. How was your transition to being a caster? It's not an easy job. Most people can't do it. But I think she does a good job and has a great personality. Oh, that that's feels good. But uh, honestly, it was awful uh, when I first joined High Rise. I <laughs> was a full time streamer, um, and I was streaming for under Luminosity at the time too. Right before High Rise picked me up, I had a lot of friends in the community, both in like rank scene and for competitive. My relationship with most, if not all of them, changed pretty drastically um, and at a much faster pace than what I was expecting it to in that people were just treating me differently and not in a not in a good way differently. It was it was really crazy to me uh, how much people's uh, perception of me shifted and how they kind of wanted to see me mess up because they thought that it would be awesome. And that to me was always kind of weird. I think that I was pretty bad at casting when I first came in too, but I, I don't really know too many people that wouldn't be bad at casting when they first start, because it sounds like it'd be really easy and I thought it was going to be really easy. And then when I heard myself like play back in, a, in my first ever caster VOD review, I, I wanted to die. Like, in the casting room with everybody else, like Hindu, F dot, totally. Like they, they were all listening to me talk uh, for a past game that I had just casted. And it, it felt like I, I felt embarrassed. They obviously didn't, you know, think any differently of me by any means. They were expecting it to be bad because you, you have these things and we, we like to call them shitter phrases. And the reason why we do that is because you <laughs> tend to latch on to like, one specific word or one specific phrase and you'll find yourself using that same word and phrase over and over again because it, it helps fill there's like a one to three second gap for most people when they're trying to think of the next thing to say and that's where those phrases usually bear or, or fill in the gaps for and it gets incredibly repetitive and stuff during broadcast but you don't really notice it while you're going through it when you first start out so that was a massive learning experience for me. And honestly, one of the only reasons why I ever even managed to get better or start feeling really comfortable with my casting is because of how much time the casting team invested towards me in terms of VOD review and just uh, guiding me to certain sites and things like that to where I could just better my own knowledge and learn how to expand myself for um, casting. All right. The next one comes from Gabriel. I said, what God do you think is going to cause the biggest upset in the fall split? Oof. Um, I feel like I'll have a lot of angry pros if I, if I say anything right now. Um, I, don't, I don't want it to be a cop-out answer though, but I, I honestly think that well, the problem here that I have is that I, I do have like passionless information for future, so <laughs> that I'm not allowed to not allowed to say anything about. And I also have like insider information from behind the scenes with pro teams, so I don't think I'm allowed to say anything. Go ahead, throw it out there. We won't tell nobody. <laughs> I, I really don't think that I'm allowed to say anything on this because I could give you a right answer. It okay. just would make a lot of different people probably upset with me. 
from from the pro circuit. Nope. Well, that's not what we're looking to do. I, I, go ahead. No, we'll no. just move on to the next. We'll go on to the next one. It's, he's got another question. It says, "What is your favorite God release this year?" I think easily Trinobloc. I know that the God when he dropped was not like received very well by the community, but in all honesty, I, I really just enjoyed playing him. I, I think that compared to the other hunters, he has a lot of very unique aspects. One, especially being the fact that his cooldowns reset after you, the utilization of Living Nightmare. I feel as though he'll probably always remain as like a, a top priority hunter pick for a little bit. And I, I think overall, he's just been the most fun. You guys can hear Maddie laughing in the background, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's something that always happens. Like, I, I don't really notice it because of my headset, but people can always hear it and it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, we'll he, he gets his little cameo role in the podcast. That's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's been fun. Oh, I yeah, love playing getting... my man Cherno in the jungle. <laughs> Getting that Sino jungle feels going. Oh, yeah. All right. He's got one more question. He wants to know what your favorite skin's been this season. Oof. um, That's an oofer. They've been doing really good this year. Yeah. Yeah, there's... There's been a lot of pretty insane skins this year. I I mean, even for some guys that, like, I don't even like playing... um, I think aesthetically, I really enjoy the the unique skin, I or her her enemy skin. The I, I forget what it's called. Um, I don't I don't have the yeah. Senpai Daji is also really good. There there's been uh, the I think the art team. I definitely understand where the meme comes from from like Smite Red and all that stuff, but in all honesty, those guys do a killer job at their jobs, and I feel like I'm impressed with every single patch. There's at least one skin I like. Um, I think between the Neat skin though, the anime Neat skin, and the new Kernino skin, mm-hmm. the like it's like the electric type feel skin. Um, those are pretty sick. Amir's ice cream skin, I'm pretty sure, was in the past year as well. There's been there's been a lot of really sick releases on, on skin. Or was balls. it the Mystic Defender? I, I think Mystic Defender. If that's the one that says Nani, that's that's it. <laughs> Nani. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we have is from Jasil. Says she's. Uh, it's a comment, I guess. She sees you when you're sleeping. I don't know what that means, but. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I don't. I don't know what that is referencing. <laughs> I, I can't tell if somebody's actually. I thought actually maybe that you me. would have some. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe you would have some great insight on why that was said. But hey, you know. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you uh, say, guy. Yeah. Right. The next one we got is from Tr- Trey Harder. It says, "Who do you <laughs> like to cast with the most?" I think everybody on the casting team is actually a lot of fun to work with. I tend to get paired with FDOT and Finch the most, and I really enjoy working with both of them, but it's two pretty different styles when, when dealing with either one of them. I think that FDOT is a lot more of a hype man and, and like the play-by-play sort of breakdown, and Finch tends to keep things a little bit more organized, and over the course of like the past six months, I've probably spent more time with Finch than anybody else. 
I, I think that it's helped us build up our synergy really well also. And so by default, it, it's really close between the two of them, but I, I think I would have to go with Finch just because it, it feels like we always get the most positive feedback from sets that we do together. And I think it's just the right mixture of fun, but serious. All right. He has another one that says cake or ice cream. Ice cream. Right. Good answer. Then we got one from the Split Push Xbox PS4 community on Facebook. It is Blaine O'Neill. It says, was Rama the pick? Oh, excuse me. What was that first part? Was Rama the pick? I don't know what it means, but <laughs> I'm I'm trying I'm trying to rack my memory here. That's that's where the pause came in. Um, I mean, it was posted. It would have been Monday. Monday. Yeah, I have no idea. Sometimes what the questions mean or what these comments Monday mean. at two forty one. It it sounds like maybe someone caught my stream and I fed my brains <laughs> out. Honestly, those are usually the kind of memes that I get. So. I, I, I like Rob enough though to say yes. So I, I'll just I'll just drop it with a hard share. And if that guy hits me with a with a screenshot later on on Twitter when this gets uh put out there and maybe they hear it and they're like, Hey, remember when you went like four and eleven on Rob? <laughs> now I do. Like, hey, well now I do. And then uh, I don't know if somebody else wants to ask these last two. It's like a, at least the last minute questions here on Discord. Okay. Oh, I, I definitely got the Uncle Uncle Phoenix. <laughs> All right. I, I got you, Uncle. We got you, buddy. Uh so um Uncle Phoenix has a tendency to ask every week our guest, um, are you going to participate in the karaoke split push episode? <laughs> karaoke split push? He does. Yep. We are going to, we are going to write smite uh, parodies of songs <laughs> and make videos and have them out for the public to see. And then we'll have people from, the podcast and guests coming on to uh to sing. We got F dot. I mean that's that's pretty hype for me right now. I, I guess it all depends. I you guys would probably have to just let me know whenever the the date actually gets established. My my schedule is like kind of wonky because I tend to do like full time job with hires into into the stream and then uh fitness stuff, but it's also something that could be fun. Um maybe the casting team will probably want to decide to get involved if if Tom's already signed up, that basically signs up all of us uh, in one way or another. So <laughs> they'll probably just be like, "Come on, guys, it'll be fun." And uh, <laughs> but awesome. it, it, yeah, the only the only real downside I could see to this is that then everybody would find out what a good singer I am, and and they'll tell me to like quit streaming and all just right. only sing. Tom's got our back. High five. Or do both, which would be ooh, wow. Good and luck. By the way, I'm trolling. I have an awful singing voice. Uh, Taco, what makes otters the best animal ever? They have the densest fur in the animal kingdom. And on top of that, they are incredibly cute. All of their squeaks are fantastic to listen to. And I, I don't know, so it kind of just resonates really well with me because they're like small creatures with like short, sort of stubby like legs and arms and like a cute little body and like cute little tail. I don't know. It kind of just feels like me because I'm very little and I have like stubby arms and legs and I, I don't know. I just always really enjoyed otters. <laughs> Do you and Maddie hold hands while you sleep like otters? No, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're safe here. He, he sleeps outside or on the floor. <laughs> I, I don't share the bed with him. There you go. 
Understandable. <laughs> Understandable, of course. All right. Well, I had uh, I know your time's getting short here, but I did have one question that I know I wanted to ask quick, and, and I'm sure each one of the other guys here does quick. So just fire it out there real quick, uh, looking at the ones that I like here. What would you say you enjoy most about streaming? Streaming is just a really good way for me to interact with the community. And not only that, but just like I've it might sound weird to say, but a lot of my viewers like you, you learn the people who come to your stream and are like active in your chat and and you just recognize them over time. And for me, the main reason why I didn't want to give up my stream, despite getting picked up by hires for a full-time job is just because of the fact that I just have a lot of fun, like interacting. It's like my daily public interaction because I, I I know you guys probably aren't very familiar with me, but um, I I don't leave my house. Um, Anybody from the casting team will vouch for me on this sense. I I do not like going outside. I do not like public stuff for the most part. I'm a very big homebody and I've always just been like that. But streaming is just where I get a chance to be myself. And it's not high-res talk or skill shot talk or whatever people think I might be right now. We've got like 10 different departments now, but um, I, I, I just really enjoy getting to like play but still have a little bit of fun with it and the people that I've met from streaming and the things that I have been able to do because of streaming over the course of the past like three and a half four years it has honestly altered my life and become such a massive portion of it that I just don't think I could ever see myself letting it go anytime soon awesome how about uh you guy, do you have any yourself? Huh? No, not really. I'll pass it on to Yuki since we're getting short on time. Yeah, go ahead, Yuki. You can ask. I'm recording it with OBS, so just go ahead. All right. So my first one, I wrote these down. First time I remember to write anything down <laughs> is uh, what? <laughs> what is your favorite item that has been removed from the game? Because you've been saying <laughs> you've been playing since Alpha, so you've seen all the highs and lows of crazy oh, items yeah <laughs> i i got you already uh motivate minions it was not oh, yes. um it, it was like 150 gold i believe back then and one of the more fun things that i enjoyed doing was running uh hell raw lanes and what you do is you just heal the creeps you can also do afro and raw it doesn't really matter as long as you had heavy sustain and you use motivate minions you could usually siege and end the conquest game by like four minutes if you're fast enough Wow. Jeez. Holy I know crap. one of my favorite was an item that like Thorns is based off of, the Thorns we have Holy now, crap. but it was like a lot stronger, but nobody picked it up or something. I can't remember what it was called. Are you yeah, talking about like, the bleed item? It was like a uh, scepter, mannequin scepter, or yeah, something I, like that. Um, it, it applied, like, it gave you movement speed, it, it gave a very heavy bleed, is that the one you're referencing because there are some items that like quite honestly i i don't remember every single (laughs) item name from like alpha and onwards there was a lot of stuff that got removed um from back in the day there was some stuff that like i am still learning was an item even like stuff that they (laughs) scrapped before even bringing past pts right geez all right my next one here is uh who would look best in a kill f dot or aggro (laughs) f dot no contest (laughs) 
Aggro doesn't have the confidence to pull off a kill, and <laughs> F dot does. Oh man, I wear them. That's my go-to when I'm not at work. My last question for you is: uh, If Ajax had a tramp stamp, what would it be? Butterfly, flowers. A Matarasu. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> can we make it? Can we make it chibi Amaterasu now that that's out? I mean, that would be. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. I mean, he'll, he'll probably be down for any one of those. All right, Dan, you got any questions? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, as someone that's actually starting to stream tomorrow for the first time, what are tips for starting up streamers and/or people that may be doing YouTube content? The big thing with starting up streaming is just don't look at your numbers because you're, you're only going to get discouraged if you look at your numbers and consistency through a schedule is by far the best way to build up a following because it's not so much that you're always going to have the same people coming and tuning in every single day. So much as it is, people will start to recognize you at a certain time block period. Um, everybody that is like, you see on like top row smite nowadays and things like that, like all of us started with like five to 10 viewers. Um, I, I hit like a 40 viewer was like a good day, like an insanely good day for me for months. And, um, I, I started off with like the whole 10 to 20 viewers bang and it, it was just consistency. You just don't get involved with streaming in YouTube, if your intention is to try and make a career out of it, the one thing you want to do is just have fun with it. And if it does end up transitioning over into something that you can actually view as like a, a successful financial means or, you know, just more than a hobby, a really big thing to also keep in mind is that you don't want to burn yourself out. I think that a lot of people don't necessarily realize how common burnout is amongst uh, Twitch streamers or Mixer streamers. And it, it really is a lot more prevalent than, than you would believe. And um, it can be very mentally stressful as well because you're going to have to deal with people that come in there just to troll or just to say really mean things about you. Uh, the big thing to keep in mind is that everybody that has ever accomplished like the whole full-time partner means had to start from ground zero and you should just have fun with it. Like get your schedule going, let people know, put yourself out there as often as possible and, and try to think of something that's going to make your channel unique. Uh, I think that's one big thing is that Twitch, especially right now is such an oversaturated platform with viewers my honest recommendation to anybody that is considering starting up streaming would be to look at other platforms like Mixer. And I'm not saying this because of the fact that Hires is partnered with Mixer for the broadcast and things like that. So much as I am, there is infinitely more chances for success in my mind uh, going to Mixer as opposed to trying to bank it all on Twitch because there's just... There's just too many streamers on Twitch as is, and you can hit affiliate status, you can steadily grind that up over into a partnership, but I, I definitely think that not enough people pay as much attention to the other streaming platforms as they should. All right. Awesome. Beagle Go, you got any questions? Um, no, not off the top of my head. How about underneath it? So. Actually, I do have wow. a question. You said something about how do you feel about the Mixer partnership? I was, I was kind of in an awkward position with that one because we didn't know uh, up until the decision had already been handled. 
Uh, that's just how it goes with businesses at times. You know, it's the higher ups that typically tend to make those kind of shot calls. But I was originally hesitant towards it. I didn't really think that it would be very um, successful in, in the long run. But I've been proven wrong, and I'm not scared to admit that I'm wrong. Uh, the attention, and I, I guess it's the care that Mixer gives Smite, and seeing how much they respect uh, Smite and, and how well they treat it, and that they are constantly looking to do promotional things for the game, it is something that I don't think Hyrus has had with Twitch for a long time. And that's not to say that Twitch is evil by any means, but obviously the games that are getting the big number recognitions are going to be treated a little bit differently as opposed to a game like Smite where viewership in general for it on Twitch had kind of plateaued already. And so there wasn't really any downside to going to Mixer and I wasn't able to initially see that, but after having spent the past year um, doing all of our broadcasts and everything on Mixer, I, I can honestly say that the platform is rather impressive and if I wasn't already a Twitch partner and like already with an established like stream and stuff like that, I would have probably considered going to Mixer. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't take the time to understand that just because Mixer is a smaller platform or a newer platform doesn't mean it's better or worse than another. And you see that with a lot of things like when YouTube was new, it wasn't the only uh, video platform you could upload to but it was the better and now it shows, you know, a decade or more later that it's, you know, dominant in that field. And like I've, everything with, I've had with interactions for Mixer have been, you know, the UI, some people can claim that is, is plenty good. And as with everything, there's room for improvement, but Mixer has definitely got a good platform and the switch didn't really affect viewership numbers because people watching SPL are going to go where they can watch the matches. Yeah, most of the people that were complaining about, oh, well, now I'll never tune in. They're, they're typically not people who really care to watch the matches because it's no, it's just clicking a link. There there's really isn't much of a difference between Twitch and Mixer other than the fact that Twitch is a more popular uh, platform for streaming and the like. But overall, uh, like I was saying, I, I just think that Mixer has some rather awesome features about it. For example, the, the stack sheet that is able to be displayed at the bottom of broadcast. I think that's a really cool tool that viewers can have, especially those guys that like to crunch the numbers at home anyway. And yeah, I, I, I can assure you that you're not the only one. There's, there's been a lot of people who have really been digging that sort of stuff. But also just the fact that Twitch is, you, you don't, you want competition. Competition is healthy for these sort of things in my mind because competition is what incentivizes companies to, to not get complacent. I think Twitch was starting to reach a period where it was just complacent with only promoting like the bigger channels and the bigger streamers. And now with the introduction of Mixer starting to gain a little bit more traction because of the fact that they're starting to bring over some of the big streamers from Twitch you know, onto their platform. And I, I think that Competition is what prevents monopolies from happening. Uh, I think we all know what happens with like Comcast in, in the US, for example. And not to say that Twitch is going to turn to Comcast by any means, but I, I think it's cool that people have options now because when I first started streaming, I, I would have never imagined going anywhere else or being able to start 
up anywhere else. I, I, it was always just Twitch or bust. But nowadays, you, you don't have to be a Twitch-based streamer to be successful with streaming. All right. Well, I think that awesome. pretty much wraps up the questions we have. So uh, the last thing for you here, because uh, I know you got to get rolling, is just you know how can people reach out to you? You know, what, what's your Twitter? What's your, your Twitch you know, station name and all that so forth? Uh, pretty much everything. All of my social is all the best taco. Um, Twitter, the best taco. YouTube's the best taco. Same for my Instagram, except there's an extra O on uh, the best taco. So it's, it's just two O's at the end. And uh, my Twitch as well. Uh, <laughs> Twitch is also the best taco. That's another really important thing, by the way, for you to keep in mind whenever you do start your streaming stuff is you want to make sure that everything is consistent with the same name. You don't want a bunch of different names for your identity whatever personal branding you establish yourself on as with twitch that is the name that you need to keep for every little bit of uh, content you put out there definitely go check out the stream uh i i do lurk around on twitch and it's really fun to watch you play so people should check you out you're a lot of fun to watch the highs and lows and it's good to see that even higher end players can absolutely feed their brains out oh yeah no trust me there's there's plenty of that that happens on my channel so if you want to see somebody dying a lot, I, I got you covered. But uh, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that, Yuki. You Ooh. are ever so welcome. Ooh. Just watched Maddie, uh, Maddie die there to a Hades. But he took the Hades out, too. So, you know, it all works out. All right. Well, hey, it was, it was great having you on the show. Hope to have you back uh, again someday. And, uh, you know, looking forward to growing it, you know. And, and hopefully we can have you on when we do the, the karaoke episode. Bit that seems to be growing stronger and stronger with each passing week here. So we're never starting a meme again because they all become reality. <laughs> Something like that. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Taco. Uh, <laughs> have a great rest of your uh, evening here and uh, hope the best for you. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, it was a pleasure being on here. So I appreciate the invitation, by the way. Uh, had a little fun with you guys. Uh, learned a little bit about you guys also. And you can just keep me posted on uh, future content stuff for your channel in terms of the karaoke and all that jazz. But uh, other than that, I hope you guys have a fantastic night as well. And I will catch you guys later. All right. So um, we're just going to hop right in here to uh, how to get a hold of everybody because we did the rest of this part already. Woo. So, Yay. Guy. He erects an obelisk. He erects an obelisk. <laughs> and then I erect an obelisk. Up. And hunkers down. <laughs> I hunker down and erect my obelisk. Wait, he impales you on his erect obelisk while he hunkers down. All right, looking forward to cutting this all out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, goodbye. Something had to cheer me up. Sadly, it had to. At Twitter at Guy Almighty. You can find me on PlayStation at GuyAJ78. And you can find me on Xbox at Guy Almighty. And something else, Twitch at Guy Almighty. That's it. Oh, something else. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that crap. Other thing. You know. How about yourself, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at the Split or not the <laughs> at Split Push Podcast with no A. Um, it was taken. I'm sorry. It was too long. I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was too long. I think Loki uh, did it. <laughs> it's I think Loki did your it. Um, <laughs> and then you can find me on PS4 at DirtXNapXDan. 
And starting very soon, you can find me on Twitch at DirtXNapXDan with an extra X at the end. Uh, I was confused myself as to why the hell I did that. Guy told me it was because I do always do extra damage because I'm top damage Dan. Oh, there, there you go. Ah, jinx. Anyway, yeah. Yuki, how about yourself? Uh, you can get a hold of me on the PlayStation 4 at Ryukotsei underscore Yuki, and you can find me impaling my frenemies on Twitch at <laughs> Ryukotsei underscore Yuki slash YukiGaming22, because I'm going to work on making that a little more accurate. All right. Beagle? You can find me on Twitter at Beagle underscore girl 27, PSN at Beagle underscore girl 2780, and I gave up PC because it does not work on my computer, so <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I just blow at PC right now, so I'm not even going to put it out there. You don't want to play with me right now. <laughs> yeah, my computer does not allow me to play anything but Arena, so... <laughs> No thanks. Yep. Well, you can find old Dirt Naps Dad here uh, on the PS4 and on Twitter at Dirt underscore Naps underscore Dad. Uh, I've got my Twitch back up and running pretty actively now. Pretty much anytime I'm playing Smite, I'm streaming it now. Uh, so you can find me there at Dirt underscore Naps underscore Dad underscore PS4 because, well, somebody already had the other name apparently underscore hunkering down <laughs> i might have to do that tonight i'll tell you but uh, <laughs> we also have uh the community email you can reach us at community at split push podcast you can join the discord you know we've been having a lot of fun in there a lot of good conversations i've seen a lot of groups getting together a, lot a bunch of, of good new emotes because that's what everyone loves yeah, we've been Herg getting some new emotes in yeah herg's been been a savage at creating some new ones here for us and there was something else. There was something else. Oh shit, I'm getting old and forgetting. Sorry, what? Getting huh? old? Hmm. What are you kids talking about? Take it easy, What's going kiddos. On? Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> uh, keep keep an eye out on uh, Dan's uh, Twitter, because there is going to be a Chef Vulcan and announcer pack giveaway. Yeah. yeah. So a Chef Vulcan uh, and announcer pack? Don't you mean a Chef Vulcan skin and announcer pack? Something like that. Mm-hmm. You'll nope, get Chef there, Vulcan old man. will come to your house and make you a stuffed crust. Why pizza. are you kids when I was your age? The I played on the Odyssey gaming talking. system. I had one button and a stick. That's it. So anyway, let's go ahead and close her up here. So you know, when it comes to dirt naps, you you got to give them before you take them. Uh, been learning that the hard way this week. <laughs> But when all else fails, split push. push.